0: good morning good morning morning. waking with the word start the day in the word give yourself a shake and grab yourself a coffee and a cup of tea Waking 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 with the word good morning welcome to another waking with the word we are in part 14 of finding the kingdom of heaven after easter we've spoken about what it took for the disciples to realize that they needed a different kind of power than what they thought they were looking for. We've spoken about the fact that they thought they were looking and wanting the power of man. They thought they needed Jesus to do something here on Earth. They thought they needed circumstances to change on Earth. That's what they thought he was going to do as the Messiah, give them back their promised land so they had everything that should have been theirs on earth, so they had control, so they could live within the rules of their society, of their culture, of their nation, without another nation dominating them and taking control of them. This is a great thing to want, isn't it? It's a great thing to wish and we can all see that it would feel perhaps like freedom. But God knew that they would never have freedom, even if they got their own way and even if they had their own place and even if they were blessed beyond measure. The land of Israel has two harvests where most lands have one harvest. The land of Israel was called the land flowing with milk and honey. In other words, it was flowing with that, that that we need for daily life and just for sustenance, milk, a baby has milk, from when it's young but also honey honey is a sugary sweet treat the land was filled with what was needed to sustain them but also with what was needed to give them fun and happiness and joy and that was their land and it had been taken they had been controlled and having it back they felt was what God wanted them to have. Now we do know that, yes, God gave the land of Israel to the Israeli people, but God was doing something bigger than just fulfilling every one of their earthly needs. In fact, he wasn't going to fulfill every one of their earthly needs, not at the moment. He was going to fulfill their biggest and deepest need. The need for a relationship with him. The need for a deeper relationship with him. The need for an essential relationship with him. The need to be his and hear his voice and know what he thinks about all things. And the desire to do what he wants. To be able to have the most dynamic experience of freedom anyone could ever have whilst walking on this planet. Yes, he could have overthrown the Romans and obliterated them and given Israel back their promised land, but if we look the past if we look at the scriptures in the old testament we see that having that freedom having that power having that control having that land having that Mm. milk that sustained them and the honey for all the treats they wanted never actually fulfilled them and made them content because every single time they turned to idols looking for something more or something else or someone different the inner being was not fulfilled, no matter what this earth offered them, no matter what God put on the plate in their country, no matter how easy He made it for them, no matter how blessed they were. The inner man was empty and void and had something missing. We see this because they make astropoles on the hills, an astroph. Poles were idol worship. They had temples where they did horrific things to gods that didn't even exist because they were looking for something. They didn't know what it was, but they were looking, and they were trying to find something that actually didn't exist to fill a hole that did exist. Let me say it again, they were trying to find something that didn't exist to find a hole that did exist. And one more time they were trying to find something that didn't exist to fill a hole that did exist. And I've done that in my life. I've dreamed and imagined and thought that something was something really special that I really desired and loved only to find that didn't exist. I've been genuine only to find that either the circumstance, the situation, or the person wasn't genuine. I've walked away from what I heard God say and done what I thought was my own thing or what I thought was the best thing or what I felt I wanted, believing the words or the signs and experiences of what I had here on Earth or other people, only to find that that thing that was promised by my own heart to me did not exist. And when the thing did exist, it did not give the fulfillment, the contentment, the freedom and the joy that my heart thought it would, not in the end. On this earth, we glorify love. We glorify our heart. I see things on Facebook saying, do what your heart says. And I think, why would you do what your heart says? You were going to end up in the divorce court. You were going to end up broken. You were going to end up wishing you'd never done it. Do what God says, for he knows better than anyone everything to do with you and everything to do with this earth and everything to do with the future and everything to do with the past and everything to do with the present and the intentions of all the people in your life and your intentions. And sometimes we don't even know them. Honestly, sometimes we just live out life, we don't realise that we're looking for something that doesn't exist because of a need that does exist. There was one time when I sat on a bed and I was very broken over a relationship with a family member of mine. This relationship had always had contention in it and I just wanted a normal relationship And God said to me, do not grieve over what you'll never have. And there and then I knew God was saying, this person will never love you as you love them. Now that sounds harsh, but it is the truth. And there and then I could say to him, okay, Father, as I've accepted that, I've been able to still love that person. Realising that although I thought I had a need for them, because they were a dear family member of mine, they will never have that need for me. But you know, over the time I've been able to really love them without being needy and without caring what they think of me. And they're very grateful for me now. I thought it meant I'd never have a relationship with that person but it didn't mean that. What he meant, what God meant was that I will never have the relationship I was thinking I needed at that point or I was looking for at that point. I will have a relationship and the relationship I have with that person now is far better than the one I wanted. Because the one I wanted was that person to say, do you know what? I care for you no matter who you are or what you do. And this person has very staunch opinions. So they're never going to say that to me. But what I believe that person has seen is no matter who I am, no matter what I do, no matter what they don't agree with, I love them. I care for them, but I don't need them. I don't need them to care for me. I don't need them to love me. But if they don't love me, it doesn't change me loving them. And from that standpoint, that person has began to care for me. They phone me and ask how I am and they've been helpful to me too. So the relationship is not built on them affirming me, and I don't need that. And in God doing what he's done for me, he's developed and changed me and given me freedom. I'm not tied to that relationship, but I'm also not harsh and uncaring. And the other way would have been me chasing them, being hurt by them and becoming bitter, which is what so many of us become. But you see, I had God's word and I had God as a counsellor. There is a scripture that I put on Facebook just the other day from Psalm 62 verse 8 and it says In all things trust in the Lord and pour out your heart before him and he will be a refuge for us. There are three things you do. Number one, you trust him in all things no matter what happens you trust him you choose to trust him you tell your flesh to trust him like king david said why are you cast down O my soul trust thou in god your soul made up of your body and your emotions you talk to it you speak to it you discipline it You take control of yourself because of the Holy Spirit that you know. And you say, why are you cast down? I have God. You repeat the scriptures to it. You remind it of all the things God has done. The promise that he'll never let you go. You speak to your heart and you tell it what to do. You don't just follow your heart because your heart, Jeremiah says, is the most deceitful thing in all the world. And if you want to disagree with me, then live your life just doing what your heart says. And in the end, compare your life to what my life has become and is continuing to be. Don't look so much at the earlier years because, oh my word, did I follow my heart on many an occasion. And I'm not saying I never will again, I don't want to, but the human being um, makeup tends to uh, revert to type very often, and I don't want to do that. So I'm walking closely with God, hoping I don't do it. But the heart will tell you to shout, the heart will tell you to scream, the heart will tell you to go in a mood, the heart will tell you to be bitter, the heart will tell you you're terribly hurt, the heart will tell you that you're wonderful and puff you with human pride to the point where you will fall one day like a fool. Because you're not controlling your heart under the mighty hand of God. Now, don't turn religious. Don't follow rules that you've been taught in the church. Have a relationship with the Holy Spirit. Have a relationship with the Son of God. Have a relationship with the King of Kings. Have a relationship with the Lord of Lords. Get alone with him. Spend time with him. Read the scriptures with him walking with you like those two men did on the Emmaus road. Don't read them on your own. Don't debate them like those two men did on the Emmaus Road. With other human beings. You need Jesus. You need the Spirit of God. You want Him to enlighten your eyes. But you want to bring your heart. And you want to say, when I give my heart, I give it all. And I mean it. And you've got to die as the disciples did. Each one of them that we've talked about died the death that Jesus died. And Paul said, I die with Christ. I take up my cross. I follow him. I don't listen to my heart that talks against God. I don't listen to my heart that has me weep and wail and cry and moan. You know, God said to me over the last year, don't speak out words that are against me. I said, I, I don't think I do. He said, yes, you do. Now, don't get me wrong. When I was younger, I used to, when I was upset, I'd say, oh, I don't see God working. Where is God? All well, these promised this and that. Is he even real? Then God told me to stop doing that and that he was hurt by it and I stopped it. But then this year, well, maybe, yeah, this year, the end of last year, he said to me, do not speak out words against me. I said, I I don't think I am, I've I've stopped doing that. He said, but when you're negative, when you wail, when you don't say, God is good, God is here, even when things are tough and hard and horrible, you speak against me because you speak as if I'm not there, Emily, and I am. And I had to train my heart and I had to train my mouth because out of the mouth come the issues of the heart. That's what scripture says and that's true. It all comes pouring out. Do you know what? It's a bigger sign to yourself than other people. How you turn when you're upset. It all comes pouring out when things are bad or wrong or hard. And I have been working so hard with the Lord to change that for myself. Because the only ground he gives you on earth truly is your ground. And the only ground the disciples owned even when they thought the Romans owned their earthly land was their ground. And I'm talking about the spiritual ground inside of them. Once upon a time there was a man who wanted to be a minister and he became very bitter because he wasn't a minister. And he used to stand up in church to give a testimony and he'd preach a word instead. And some of the words were were, were good, but some of them you got nothing from, but you could see the bitterness on his face because he was not a minister. And one day God said to me, point out to that man that the only person he needs to minister to is himself. You see, every pastor, every minister should genuinely be and a piece of evidence of what God can do. Yes, God fills us and there's prophecy and there's the preaching of the word and we speak it out. But we're not there to control people. We're not there to tell people what to do or to disagree with people and to condemn people and put them down when we don't think they're doing what we think they should do or the Bible says they should do. Jesus enlightens scripture, Jesus makes it real, the Holy Spirit makes it evident to me what he is saying to me through that scripture. And yes, we should definitely study and we should definitely look at the time of the day and what God was really meaning. And then we should definitely compare scripture with scripture to come to what scripture is really saying. But if you want to do it a fast way, go to the Holy Spirit, read the scripture with him and he's going to tell you what God has said. That's the truth. Because he is God. And the Holy Spirit will lead you and guide you in studying the word. There are people who have never studied, people who don't like reading, people who have never been to Bible college, who the Holy Spirit has come upon and they've had such a thirst for the word of God, such a thirst for scripture. Scripture contains what God has said throughout the centuries but God is still speaking now he will never say contrary to what he said because he's God and he's always the same but he will speak to you now he will and he will speak to you from scripture but do not worship the book because the book is not the word of God Jesus never said that book was the word of God Jesus said that book was scripture he said he was the word of God in human form He was the message from God in human form. He came to show us what God was like. Each one of the disciples had to take up their cross. Each one of the disciples had to die the death to themselves. Each one of the disciples had to choose not to react as they wanted to, but to say, God is good. My heart is telling me this is bad. My emotions are crushed and hurting. I'm broken, but God is good. God is here, God is now, God is for me. What God has said does not change, it will never change. When we die and rise again with him, we rise again in the power of God. Jesus still had scars on his body because he hadn't gone to his father yet. He hadn't been given a new body, he hadn't returned. But he didn't talk about the pain of the cross. He didn't say, oh yeah, it was really awful, it was really terrible, and I got to the point where I didn't even think God was there. No. When he was on the cross, he didn't moan. I'm sure he groaned, and I'm sure it was agony, but he didn't moan. He turns to the man beside him and says, today you'll be with me in paradise. There was still a paradise. He addresses his heavenly father with every single one of his concerns. And he dies, but still trusting the one he's always trusted. The second part of the Psalm 62, verse 8, says, pour out your heart before him. I'm developing a routine of sitting three times a day on my own and pouring out my heart to God as if he's my counsellor. I've always seen him as my counsellor because it says in Isaiah, he's my wonderful counsellor. But recently he said to me, Emily, I've not been able to counsel you the way I wish I could have done because you haven't always listened. I've developed a life of listening in some ways and spent a lot of time with him in other ways. But I'm so grateful for what he's doing with me now. Counselling sessions where I sit with my counsellor. It's incredible what he's giving me in my ground, on the inside. A relationship where I'm not needy with anything or anyone. A fulfilment and a contentment and a joy, and a peace, and a purpose, but also a prosperity. And he's working in my earthly circumstances in incredible ways as well, that are not always easy, but by word are they worth it. He's doing amazing things as he trains my mind, and he trains my body, and he trains my heart, because I am making them follow him with absolute determination. When I don't agree with something he says, it doesn't matter because he's God. And I always find out he's right in the end. I can find it the hard way, or I can find it the way of obedience. And now I choose obedience because I've died with him. And any part of me that hasn't, I want it to. Death is hard, it's not easy. Learning to speak only his words can be very, very painful. But you know what? The Holy Spirit comes and he gives us that determination and he gives us that power and he gives us that grace. And he teaches us. When we say something and we grieve him, we suddenly realise it and it hurts him when we don't want to hurt him. Because we love him so much. The most important relationship becomes the one with our Heavenly Father. The last thing that that Psalm says in that verse is, and he will be a refuge for us. And my goodness, does he become a refuge within us. He becomes the pearl of greatest price, the best treasure we have. We have everything when we have him. So God was doing that for the nation of Israel, for each one of them individually. And yes, prosperity would be worked out in their lives as well. As he saw fit that's for another waking with the word but he sees prosperity very different to how we see it i'm not saying he doesn't want us to have earthly possessions and to be prosperous on earth but god wants to train us to teach us to develop us and to bring us into obedience so that we will be obedient with what we have on earth and then more can be given because we will do what he wants us to do, which is the best for us, and also for his kingdom and everyone else. But God will always start with the land that is within you. God will always bring real freedom and real contentment and real purpose and real passion and real knowledge and real wisdom into your life because that's what matters to him, your life. This world was made by God, it can be be obliterated by God. He can make so many more of them, earthly possessions are nothing. But you're precious. And yes, he can make many more of you and many more of me, but he didn't choose to. Because he looked at us and he said, that's very good. And he's always affirmed our worth. He never once said, oh, that's dirty and evil and disgusting. No, he said, that's so good. I, I, I need it back. I want it back. I want that relationship back. I love them. He loves you so much, so much, that sometimes he doesn't want to give you everything you think you need. And sometimes he doesn't want to buy you everything that you want. And sometimes he doesn't want to give you a land back until he's sorted you out on the inside. Because he knows no matter how much land you have, you will always look to the astral poles. You will always look to the idol worship. You will always build other temples. You will always attach yourself to someone or something That is not good for you and put your dependence upon it and desire it and love it and think you will have freedom only to be discontent and discouraged and not fulfilled because you're looking for something that does not exist because you have a need that does exist and there's only one thing that will fulfill that need that does exist and that's you dying to yourself and coming to the one who loves you so much and has all the power to give you that contentment that freedom that blessed assurance, that hope in hopeless situations, that stability that you truly need. There is another psalm that says he will lead us on level ground. and That's what he wants to do. He wants us to bring our hearts, died to ourselves, realizing how big he is, how great he is, how much he loves us so that he can lead us on level ground so we don't go up we don't go down all the time no matter if life goes up and down our emotions are contained and held by him with him him and us together speaking out the truth expecting God to do something good today because he's God, because he's here, because he doesn't change, that's absolute level ground and it's total freedom and it's dynamic power and it's absolutely an incredible life to have and it's deep, deep joy. God is so good, he really is so good, he is wonderful. And my hope and prayer is that you, will continue with me on this journey tomorrow of finding the kingdom of heaven after Easter. God bless you. If you would like to support our work, you can find details at info at comebacktogod.org.